from Sydney to Toronto to London, from New York to LA, and all points around the globe. Welcome to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show, coming to you from the sprawling MBB Radio Network studios. Now, call the dog, get the kids, feed the fish, and let the cat out. Here are the hosts of our show, the man who wants to mow your lawn, Jeff Marginian, and the dog behind the man, our executive producer, and everyone's buddy, Butch. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. This is your host, Jeff Marginian. Of course, I'm here with Butch. Butch is on the board again today, so if he pushes the wrong button, blame the dog, as we like to say. <laughs> All right, we got a great show for you today. Uh, we got a lot to cover. And we are going to kick it off with Dr. Katie Nelson. Now, Dr. Nelson is a um, veterinarian, naturally. She's a doctor, although there could be other kind of doctors, too. <laughs> we recognize that here. She is uh, with IMS Pet Wellness, and she's a council member and naturally a trusted veterinarian to be working with IMS. And she's going to be talking about... Uh, Nutritional value of IMS premium protection formulas. Did you know that only 10% of the United States pet owners take the age of a cat or dog into consideration when determining which, do which dog or cat food to feed them? So she's going to be talking a little bit about that. And also we're going to discuss some of the uh, results for the IMS home for the holidays. They met their goal and we're going to get into that a little bit also. Um, we have, uh, we're going to be starting our rescue of the week segment back up here. We missed a few weeks, um, just because we've had so much to cover and it's been so very busy around the holidays, but we are going to have Lisa Barker with us from the Boxer Rescue Inc. for our rescue segment of the week. And also, uh, Dr. Kim Bloomer is going to stop by and she is our contributing veterinary naturopath and she's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, natural pet care and I'm going to cover some of the news stories. I have a very cute news story that came out of Maryland about a little animal that followed the dog through the dog door and we're going to get your opinion on what you would think if you came home and found that animal with your dog laying on your sofa. We'll be back right after this. Jeff and Butch will be right back on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Soldiers returning with traumatic brain injuries or other serious battle wounds often spend weeks or months in a VA hospital or other rehab facility. DVDs for Vets is collecting DVDs and portable players for distribution in our community and nationwide. Many of us take for granted our access to everyday enjoyment, and DVDs for Vets needs your help in giving these injured soldiers some diversions from the monotony of a hospital stay during recovery. To donate new or used DVDs or to learn more about this worthy cause, please go to www.dvdsforvets.org. Going to the mall to buy a pair of jeans and coming home with a puppy. Lame. Adopting from a shelter or rescue organization after carefully researching dogs. Cool. Volunteering at adoption fairs to connect homeless dogs with great new families. Super cool. 
Helping needy dogs is fun and rewarding. For inspiration on how you can do your part, check out upforpups.org. Super cool! <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Katie Nelson, she's a native of Louisiana, and she earned her veterinary degree in 2001 from Louisiana State University's School of Veterinary Medicine. And since 2005, Dr. Nelson's been an associate emergency veterinarian at the Alexandria Animal Hospital in Dallas, Texas. No, Alexandria, <laughs> Virginia, where she works with a wide variety of pets and pet problems. Dr. Katie, thank you for being with us. Yes, well, thank you so much for having me. Not at all. Boy, you sound so clear and like you're like next door. Talk well, I kind of am. I mean, I'm <laughs> right next to you, basically. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So what is going on here with the IMS Premium Protection Food? We're always looking and trying to tell our listeners, you know, you want to feed good, wholesome foods. What do you look for? What's happening with this, this IMS premium protection food? Well, I mean, basically, you want to try and, you know, give your pet the healthiest lifestyle that you possibly can. I mean, it's, it's right around the new year. All of us have been thinking about healthy lifestyle, changing our life for the better. And, you know, while we're at it, we may as well change our pet's life for the better, too. I mean, they are our best friend. You know, they do put up with our stuff all the time <laughs> and they're always happy when we walk in the door i mean where else do we get that from right so we right. may as well treat them right um so iams has this amazing line of food that they came out with it's just it, it's just a way of simplifying things of knowing that you've got the very best product that you possibly can this is like the latest innovation for their foods all the latest and greatest things that they've found out over their you know 60 some odd years of making food um, and now they've got it distilled down into just a really simple, easy line where you can say, okay, puppy, adult, senior. It's not rocket science. You can walk in. You can pick up a bag of food that's going to be the very best thing that you can possibly put in front of your pet. And, I mean, it's just, it, it just makes life a whole lot easier. You don't have to go around and, like, try to figure out, my goodness, I mean, the, the pet food aisles these days are insane i just had to take a trip today to go get some food for my turtle and yeah. my goodness it's overwhelming yeah, <laughs> it really yeah. is yeah it absolutely. really is so, a, there and there, there is a lot to to choose from and that's why we're very happy and lucky to have people like you that know about it and can you know give us kind of steer us in the right direction and uh talk a little bit about nutrition and that type of thing now you know, one of the uh, another thing, and I want to get to the survey results from the mm -hmm. IMS uh, Home for the Holiday campaign because mm -hmm. we were helping with that in uh, uh, November, December. What a great program, right? Oh, it really is. It yeah. really is. And I, I want to get to that. But one of the other things I wanted to talk about briefly is actually there's two, and I'm going to throw you a curve later, okay? Okay. The first one is onions we've gotten a real rash and i don't know if it's because it's the holidays or or what the deal is and and i've talked about this in the past how there's a certain chemical in onions that that dogs can't process and it's not like they just get sick from it this builds and builds and builds and potentially can be fatal right yeah i mean actually um you know the the most susceptible of the species is actually is actually cows 
So cattle are actually the most susceptible, but dogs, horses, and rabbits, too, are susceptible to it as well. And um, if you want the you know, technical term for it, um, it's called N-propyl disulfide. Um, can't say that more than twice. <laughs> but that actually ends up breaking down um, the hemoglobin in their blood, um, and it causes the formation of these little things in their blood cells that the body sees as foreign objects and starts to pull the red blood cells out of the system and break them down. And so by doing that, um, you end up with a dog that is almost like he's bleeding out, um, but it's because his body is pulling all of these red bullet cells out of circulation. So they're really weak. Um, they might be breathing hard. Their skin might start turning yellow, jaundiced. Mm-hmm. Um, their urine might be red or brown. Um, so, you know, they get really, really sick. Um, and there's no antidote for it, essentially. I mean, it's not always 100% fatal. It really is very dose-dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, again, they can survive it with proper, supportive, aggressive, um, supportive care. Sure. But, um, you know, definitely it's something that you absolutely want to um, stay away from as far as you can. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's one of the things that, and I've said it on the show in the past, hey, you know, you've got that Big Mac or you've got that Whopper, that has onions on it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you peel the onions off, the juice from that onion has been smashed against the bun, smashed against the meat and everything else. And it's it's one thing if it if it was just, you know, uh, an issue, but since this is an accumulative thing, you know, I always tell people, and I don't feed butch table scraps if there's even a hint of onion in yeah. anything. Yeah. In anything. Well, so Well, and you know, that's actually it's a uh, onion and garlic are in the same family. Yes. So garlic actually um can end up doing the same thing in, Absolutely. in proper doses. You know as what? Well. You're the first person in a long long time that has agreed with me about that. <laughs> I'm well, they serious. are. They're both um they're both of the I'm going to really show my nerdly side here, but they're both in the allium family. So onion and garlic are both bulbs, and they both can, can, can do that. So I'm going to show my Italian side here and say, you're darn right. And, <laughs> and I've, I've had a lot of people that, oh, you know, garlic. They say, no, onions and grapes and this and that and everything else. I said, no, you got to add garlic to that list. No, yes, I don't do. know. I don't know. I don't know. No, you have to add it to that list. Yep. Pick up a veterinary toxicology book. It's right there next to it. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got that straightened out. (laughs) And I'm glad you agree with me. I do agree with you. All right. So (laughs) that's great. Hey, let's talk a little bit. Hit me with some of the the stats from the I'm's Home for the Holidays. Oh, my goodness. I don't know all of them off the top of my head, to tell you the truth. Um, I do know that they did achieve over a million. um, Adoptions. uh, A million pets found homes due to the um, I Am's Home for the Holidays program. And in case everybody out there isn't familiar with what that was. Oh, they know what it is here. Okay, good. Then, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they did, uh, they did achieve their goals. It is an amazing, amazing program. And I'm just so proud to be associated with that company because that's a beautiful thing that they do. It's Didn't the largest they? one of, um, I think, of all of the pet food companies. I think so. And it's in multiple countries. Oh, yeah. And they donated over uh, 5 million bowls of food. Also, I do remember that. That's yeah. something that really struck me because, you know, we, we also do a lot with rescue here. Mm-hmm. We have our rescue segment of the week, and we, and we talk to a lot of food pantries. Mm-hmm. 
and try and help them out a little bit also. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be involved with, and, you know, especially you guys coming from the Midwest. I mean, we all know about all the puppy mill stuff out oh, there, so it's yeah. a wonderful thing for you all to be involved in. It makes me proud to be associated with you, Jeff. <laughs> well, my goodness, I'm blushing. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay, Dr. Katie, now yes, here's the curveball that I'm going to throw you. And what it is, it's not going to be much of a curve for you, but it is for me. (laughs) Kennel cough, okay? I just recently reported on an article that said kennel cough, you know, they don't have to be in a kennel to catch kennel cough. Well, Butch, uh, a couple of nights ago, woke up, and he had like a stuffed-up nose, almost like he swallowed down the wrong pipe. Mm -hmm. And I'd never had that problem with him before, ever. Okay? Now, he's had the Bordetella... A vaccine within the last year and everything else. I've got a cold. Is this something that can go from species to species here? Is it my fault that he's having this little stuffy nose business? Well, you know, I mean, you never know exactly what it is that he was dealing with, whether it's a viral process, whether, you know, you had some extra dust in your air vents that <laughs> night or, you know, yeah. something along those lines, you know. And, and especially, is he doing okay now? Oh, he's great. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I take him over to Dad's uh, during the day so he can play with his mom and brother, and they run around, and Dad says, oh, well, you should give him this, you should give him that. I said, wait, wait, wait. It's, he's fine. He's yeah. not panting. He don't have any bad symptoms. He's running around, bouncing off the walls like he always does. Yeah. I just noticed that he might have a, he might snore a little louder, might have a tinge of a little more, you know, you can hear it like he's a little stuffed up. Yeah. When he talks, he doesn't recite the Gettysburg Address as fast as he usually does. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, all of us go through days when we wake up and we're stuffy and we may not feel as great, but we don't necessarily have the plague just because <laughs> we don't feel so great when we wake up in the morning, you know. And the same thing goes for him. I mean, just because he might have had a little sniffle, if it didn't develop into a big, deep, hacking cough, yeah. um, it's not kennel cough. And you know, everybody out there, before you pull something off the shelf that's a human medicine to start giving it to your pet, you know, think twice, pick up the phone and call your vet before you ever make a move like that. Because we see, in emergency medicine, we see way too many cases of people self-medicating their pets and ended up, you know, having the reverse effect from what they were desiring to do, which was help them. Sure. And, yeah, unless there's, you know, blood shooting out of his ears and all that. That's oh, yeah. kind of a problem. Otherwise, That's an issue, it's, and I think you might want to <laughs> forego the three-day rule on yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you know, let him deal with it on his own if he's not real bad. So, great. That's what that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to report back to everybody in about a week and let them know. Now, I have about 30 seconds. I want you to tell us where we can find you online, and do you have something special going on this I spring? I do. I do. Well, you can find me... Um, it's uh, KJN, so Katie Johnson Nelson, my maiden and my last name, dvm.com. KJNDVM.com is where you can find out about me and, and contact me. And um, I'm actually starting my own local television show here in Washington, D.C. in the spring um, on TBD Network, one of our local news channels. And so I'm really pumped. It's going to be the Dr. Katie show coming out in, uh, in hopefully in March. Well, beautiful. Congratulations. I look forward to seeing it and stop back and see us again i'll do it i'll look forward to talking to you soon you're listening to the my buddy butch talk show on the mbb radio network 
let me try. Okay, just remember what I showed you. Yep, there was a bunny who had one big ear and another big ear. They looped a looped, made a bow, and the bunny hopped away. I did it! Oh, good job, kiddo. Now let's tie your other shoe. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 1-877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jeff Marginian, your host for the My Buddy Butch Show. And uh, mbbradio.com is the website. You can go there and, you know, hear the last week's show. And also dig into our archive a little bit. You can also download on Apple iTunes. You can join us on Facebook and Twitter. And those addresses are at the bottom of the page. Uh, the archive, you click to the archive page right in the middle, and you can go to the archive from there. I was talking with a friend of mine last week, and her name is Sue. She's interested in getting a little Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, her and her husband, okay? Now, her husband travels a lot for business, and so Sue's there by herself, and she wants, you know, a little companion. So, you know, she was asking me some questions. And I was kind of referring her a little bit to some of the things that I learned um, and I wrote about in my book, My Buddy Butch, Confessions of a New Dog Dad. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I learned through the book is very applicable to many different situations, okay? One of the first things that I mentioned to her was, you know, be mindful of the time of year that you're getting this dog, this puppy. Now, if it's a puppy that you have to train to do everything, to go out, to be, you know, if you have to housebreak it, uh, if you have to teach it, you know, to let you know when it, when it needs to go out, Everything. That's one thing. And one of the things you need to be careful of is the time of year that you have this puppy if you want it to go outside all the time when it needs to do its business, okay? Because if you're talking sub-zero weather in certain parts of the country, <laughs> in many parts of the country in January, okay, you're going to have a difficult time getting that little tyke outside to do its business. It's not going to want to do that. You'll have to take it into the garage. You'll have to teach it to go on paper. Or they have these little pee-pee pads <laughs> that you can buy. And they're good for training. Okay. But in my particular case, I got Butch in July. So we had July, August, September, October. We had like four months together, him and I, okay? And it was a lot easier for me to teach him because by the time he was able to come home with me, he kind of already knew the ropes. He was with his mom. And in a lot of cases, this is true. You know, once by the time they're weaned, they already kind of get it. But new surroundings and everything, very stressful, Okay, 
Now, little kitty cats and, and older uh, dogs and cats, you know, cats are different. They have a litter box they can go inside. You take care of that. It's, it's quick and easy. Dogs, on the other hand, if you rescue uh, an older dog, you got a pretty good chance that this older dog already knows, you know, when it's housebroken in many cases, uh, it already knows how to sit, basic commands, sit, stay, come here, things like that, okay? But when you're dealing with a puppy, you have to be ready and A, I think you have to be ready for a certain amount of damage. B, you want to minimize that damage so you already have to stay one step ahead of what you think they're going to get into and C, never put that puppy in a position where it's going to fail. Here's an example. Shoes by the door. When you walk in, no, they're going to be chewing. That's a target. Okay. Put the shoes in the closet. All right. Garbage. Want to keep them out of the garbage? Put the garbage can under the sink or in a closet with the door with some sort of a lock high enough that they can't get to it. They're smart and they will learn. There's a lot of great articles out there um, from all kinds of experts on how to puppy proof your home. I even made a, I built a surround around the bed so that Butch could not crawl under it and chew through the fabric and crawl up inside the, the box spring. I wrote about this. His mom buttons taught him how to do that when they were all puppies. So these are the types of things I'm talking about. You know, be mindful of the time of year. Be mindful of the age and size of the dog that you want to adopt. Okay? And it's a little bit easier when the weather is warmer in the northern states. The folks in the, in the southern states don't have to worry so much about it. It doesn't get so bitter cold that they won't want to go out. These are the types of things that I'm trying to get you to think about before you go and get that puppy or before you rescue that dog. Know how big it's going to be and know what it knows, actually. You can talk to the owners. Uh, you can talk to the rescue outfit and they can tell you what the dog has been trained to do. Speaking of rescues, we're going to be back with Lisa Baker from the Boxer Rescue after this. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show with your host, Jeff Marginian, on the MBB Radio Network. And now, the My Buddy Butch Rescue Shelter of the Week, helping to save deserving pets from around the USA and Canada. We're talking with Lisa Barker, and she is with the Boxer Rescue, Inc. in Grafton, Massachusetts. Lisa, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Boxer Rescue, Inc. How long have you been around? Uh, we've been around for a little under a year. We're a fairly new Boxer Rescue in the New England area. Okay. Right now, how many foster families and things like that do you have? How many animals are you taking care of? Uh, right now, we have nine Boxers that we're looking for forever homes for. We have about five foster homes. Foster homes is something that we really, really need right now. We're looking for families that would be willing to open their homes to take in a foster dog for a short period of time while we look for their forever homes. You know, that's, and that's something I think that 
we try and encourage people to, to do that. Like if they're interested in a particular breed, in this case boxers, fantastic breed, they think they might be interested in it. Fostering and volunteering is a great way to really see whether or not they can handle a boxer if they're not familiar with the breed. Absolutely. Um, it's a wonderful way to help a dog in need. Uh, it's a wonderful way to see if a boxer is the right dog for a particular family that may be interested in a boxer. Uh, we do uh, do some foster to adopts where sometimes people take in a foster dog and it turns out that the dog's a great fit with their family and they ask us to adopt the dog and of course we allow that. But okay. other than that, we really need families to help us take in these dogs. The more foster families we have, the more boxer dogs we can take in and help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, since you're in Massachusetts, what's kind of the geographical area that you cover? Uh, we cover Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Uh, we've been uh, doing some work in New Hampshire, and we're looking to branch out a little bit to Connecticut as well. Okay. Where can people, first of all, there's a couple questions I have here all at once. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to rush you with all the questions. Website information, where can people find you online? Okay, so we have a great website. You can go to www.theboxerrescue, it's all one word, .org. Uh, you can read all about the boxer breed. We have a great section on our website about boxers, fun facts. We have um, a list of all of our available dogs with photos of them and information about them, what kind of dogs they are, what kind of families we're looking for for them. Mm -hmm. We also have dogs that we're trying to bring in from families that are asking to surrender the dogs and we have urgent foster homes needed for those dogs. People can look at those dogs and see they get along with cats, they're good with children, see if they're a good foster home for one of our dogs as well. Mm -hmm. Now you brought up a good uh, point. They can go and read about the breed there. Tell us a little about what it takes to have a boxer. What kind of breed is this? Well, the great thing about the boxers are they're kind of the, you know, goofy dogs. They, they're funny, uh, they're clowns, and they stay young for a really long time. <laughs> um, they really like to be with their people. Uh, it's a breed for people that want to have their dog with them, that don't mind a 60-pound lap dog sitting on them while they're watching TV at night. Mm -hmm. uh, they really do like to be with their people. They have energy. They're smart. They do really well with training, they need a couple of walks, they like to play, and again, they're really the type of breed that is, wants to be with their people, yeah. and wants to be doing what their family's doing, they're really nice around children, mm -hmm. um, they really take care of their family, they're very in tune with your feelings and your emotions, they're just a wonderful, wonderful breed, but again, for the right family who has the time and uh, to give the dogs the attention that they need, to give them the walks, to give them the playtime, and, you know, to hang out with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Boxer being a little, more, a little larger, a little more robust, it's a great dog. Um, if you enjoy walking or hiking or even jogging, Absolutely. And boating, my, my two boxers love the boat. They have life jackets. We take them out on the boat. Some boxers like to swim. They like to go to the lake, play fetch, <laughs> play ball, you know, hiking. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a, boxers are a great breed. They really yeah, any, are. Anything the family's doing, they want to be with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Butch is a Boston Terrier, and I have uh, 
I've a always, cousin of the boxer. <laughs> yeah, I've always said uh, the boxers are just giant Boston Terriers. they got a lot of energy, and they're a lot of fun, and very loving. Very they loving. are. So yeah, they're a great breed. Outside of um, fostering and foster families, volunteers, what other type of help? Naturally, donations are always accepted to pay for vet visits, you know, health care, food, those types of things. Can people access that through your website if they want to donate? Absolutely. And not only that, we uh, run a lot of seasonal uh, fundraisers. For the Christmas holiday season, we had a doghouse where you could buy ornaments and gifts to put around the doghouse. You could do them in memory of a dog or for a person that you loved, and that helped us raise money over the holidays. And since February is Heart Month, what we'll be running on our website in February will be uh, a fundraising campaign to help us make our heart whole. And there'll be a red heart with several puzzle pieces in it. And every time you make a donation for $10 for a puzzle piece, we'll build our heart. And we're hoping to get enough donations to make our heart whole. And that $10 donation for each puzzle piece will cover the cost of one heartworm preventative for one dog. So boxers, all dogs should be on a heartworm preventative. Yeah. And again, they're $10 a piece. Yeah. Uh, and one $10 donation to this heart puzzle that we're going to have will help us pay for one hot worm preventative to each dog. And then, again, we'll run seasonal fundraisers on our website, which people can check back on. Also, another nice thing, if you have a family member, uh, it's their birthday, it's an anniversary, you don't know what to get them, go to our website, make a donation in their name, we'll send them a nice card, letting them know. Some additional things for rescues so that we can help continue to get the word out. The Boxer Rescue, Inc., Lisa Barker, Grafton, Massachusetts, and the website is uh, theboxerrescue.org, correct? That's it. Great, Lisa. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Jeff. Have a great day. Love your pet almost as much as you do here on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Boy, she's a lot of work. I don't think we were prepared for this when we decided to have her. If we could just find someone to help teach her the basics. Yeah like getting our house broken. Naturally curious and eager to learn, puppies can't teach themselves. Visit the American Kennel Club's website at www.akc.org to find local clubs and get advice on training and training classes and help your puppy become the very best she can be. A message from the American Kennel Club and new puppies everywhere. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. It's time for the My Buddy Butch Vet Topic of the Week. Investigating the best pet care from coast to coast. Okay, we're here with Dr. Kim Bloomer again. It's always a pleasure to have her with us. She is a veterinary naturopath. She's also the host of Animal Talk Naturally. And you can see her at AnimalTalkNaturally.com. Also at AspenBloomPetCare.com. 
And Dr. Kim, again, it's great to have you with us. Well, it's always my pleasure to be with you, Jeff. And I have a good question for you. Since you are our nat- natural... Animal person. Animal <laughs> expert for the My Buddy Butch Show, the mm-hmm. resident expert on natural pet rearing and raw feeding, mm-hmm. Butch. He is six years old now. He's in good health. He still has the wherewithal and ability to outrun a squirrel on a flat-out run. Good for him. And much to their dismay and displeasure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. He ditched, he, he, he's dispatched his 17th just a couple of weeks ago. His 17th squirrel? Yes. Did he eat him? Yeah, he got, oh, yes, he most definitely ate him. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, but the poor squirrel. But they need to understand that your dog is a carnivore. He is a predator. And the squirrels, I love little squirrels. I think they're as cute as they can be. Uh But they, you know, we've got to have a check and balance, right? Right. And a dog's instinct is to hunt and kill and eat them. Yeah. Why not let them? If they're going to kill them, let them. Yeah. And he's uh, a terrier, Boston Terrier. He has no trouble digging a hole as big as his head. To fit his head down a hole trying to get a chipmunk while it's while it's behind him. Again, that's another natural food for them uh-huh. um, if there were a wild dog. And I, the, my only concern with this is, you know, if there's been random poison traps put out and so forth for the rodents. Ah, I see. So, yeah, that can be one thing. How about also the um, some of the baits? They put... Um, uh, in our area, and I know different areas around the country, they put out uh, rabies baits. You don't get me started on that topic oh. because I'm going to tell you what, Jeff. That, in my first of all, I'm going to quote Dr. Patricia Jordan, who is a friend of ours, and she is a naturopathic veterinarian, and she says the you know her her feeling is that that is perpetuating a abnormal rabies virus into the environment. In other words. Um, they're messing around with this, you know, biologically, genetically modifying them and uh-huh. releasing that out into the wildlife. Why? Okay, so what you're saying is these bait, rabies baits that the raccoons and possums are supposed to eat mm-hmm. are actually rabies inoculations. They're supposed to be, uh, you know, as an immunization, but my feeling about and and i'm going to agree with dr jordan on that the only safe vaccine is the one not given uh-huh. Uh-huh. so and i know that you have veterinarians who come on your show are going to be horrified to hear me say that but i stand <laughs> by that and uh-huh. and to hear that they're doing this in the wildlife and what has happened is there's an increase now in rabies in the wildlife oh hmm. and species jumping really mm-hmm. without wow. biting wow i did yeah. not know that yeah you need to Dr. Jordan is the one that keeps up with all this stuff pretty heavily, and of course she's very ostracized by her profession because of it. (laughs) You know, again, I understand the mentality and how the veterinarians are trained and what they're taught. Most Mm -hmm. of them don't even, and and they'll tell you, Dr. Melissa Shelton is another one who will say, but there aren't any safety studies done. Uh But they're inoculating everything. Oh. No safety studies. Well, you know, I mean, and that's, this is good conversation. This kind of stuff here is exactly what we need to discuss 
from both sides of the of the aisle. Well, there's I always guess. going to be a pro to the con and a con to the pro. I mean, they're always going to be for every for every reason I say not to, somebody's going to tell you why you should. Sure. However, is it fear based? Because yeah. if it's fear based, then what are we allowing ourselves to be told? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? There's there. You know, I see the argument of of inoculations and and everything else, and I see the argument of why not to from both sides so i kind of come down uh, personally i can see both sides of it and i'm kind of on the fence with it you and i excuse me we've discussed this before in the past yeah and i've seen veterinarians be on the fence with it until they really start to dig in and and, Mm -hmm. and research it and then they end up being on this side of the fence (laughs) at one time i was on the other side of the fence when i worked as a vet tech Uh um and i thought that was the only way for every pet to be protected Right. However, I will tell you guys now that um, the animals that are being vaccinated repeatedly year after year after year, mm-hmm. that boosters don't convey more immunity. Right. The leading vaccine um, researcher, Dr. Ronald Sh- Ron Schultz, only gives one to his dogs at 15 weeks of age. One, uh-huh. DAP. Wow. This tempered adenovirus and parvovirus vaccine, one, ever. That's it. Huh. Um, and... My dog was vaccinated when he was um, a young, and he still has, um, he has, um, oh, anyway, it's hard for me to explain until we, you know, maybe down the road in around January, February, Jeff will be able to explain this better, but the adenovirus affecting his eyes. Okay. He never, how was he in touch with that? If he was vaccinated, why isn't he protected against that? I know, I happen to know that it was, it, it was you know, if they, can, if they can tell if it's the actual virus, that you would that they would contract in nature versus a vaccine virus. Oh, this I is see. This is a vaccine virus. Oh, okay. So they so, can. And this is showing up in a lot of the animals. They, um, they, when they get vaccinated, they shed that vaccine into the environment for a couple of weeks after they've been vaccinated. So who's perpetrating these viruses? We are. Oh, wow. By wow. continuing to do it over and over and over again, and we're seeing generational debilitation. Doctor Jordan says that every animal that's vaccinated has then been set up for autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. this is exactly why you're our natural (laughs) health expert (laughs) yeah and i you know and again she's doing the she's keeping up with all of the stuff that's coming out in the news she has google alerts for everything so she can read everything that's coming out on all sides of the fence Uh and you've got to be able to use your what deductive reasoning and common sense sure and take back your power of attorney yep but you can't do that if you aren't getting the knowledge to be informed. Absolutely. And I agree 100%. That's why I love to have these kinds of discussions. This is not, <laughs> this is off the beaten path. I look forward to it again, and we're going to get more into this vaccine thing down the road. All righty then. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jeff, and I hope you have a tail wagging day. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. <laughs> Some students are tackling more than just their schoolwork, which is why more than 30% of them aren't graduating. But with a boost from you, 100% of them will have a better chance to make it to graduation. Go to BoostUp.org to find out how to give the high school students in your community the boost they need to make it through. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Ask questions. Do your research. There's a lot of great information out there to help you take the best possible care of your pet that you possibly can. That's why I love having Dr. Kim on the show and I love having Dr. Donna and Dr. Patrick and other veterinarians from around the country to get the best information to you possible. Stay with us. I'm going to talk about that little animal that followed your dog through the dog door. 
It's the My Betty Butch Radio Talk Show with your hosts, Jeff Marginian and Butch. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for news and announcements. Okay. I have a news story here that appears to be true, although it's not timely, and you may have already heard about this. Uh, I'm going to post the pictures on the uh, blog, the after show blog at mybuddybutch.com. And this is kind of peculiar because what this is is the owner of a beagle came home from work to find that someone had followed him home right through the doggy door that is in their, you know, back door where the dog goes in and out on its own during the day. And it turned out it was a fawn, a little deer. Now, what would you do <laughs> if you came home and found a fawn just the size of your dog. I mean, it was a beagle, so it's, you know, sizable, maybe between 30, 40 pounds, and a little fawn lying next to it on the sofa. Unbelievable. Now, I think that this happened last June, okay? This would have had to have happened uh, then for the odd one, maybe in the fall, but at this time of year, to have a fawn that's that small is kind of eh, kind of peculiar. The local Department of Natural Resources in Maryland, they were saying that this happened in Maryland, okay? They told the beagle owner to put the fawn outside and block the door, the dog door, so he couldn't return. So they took it to the edge of the woods where they believed they might have met, and they returned a little bit later. The fawn was gone. So hopefully it was reunited with its mother. Now, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this. There's some speculation as to whether or not this was true. It had hit the uh, evening news. I have no reason to doubt the people that uh, this happened to. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, this was uh, in... I'm, I'm thinking it was in July, okay, and it was in uh, Maryland. So it was being circulated through email. You may have seen it, and I'm going to post the pictures because it is cute to see this little fawn lying next to this dog that they either followed, uh, either followed him home or adopted it. So hopefully, you know, you got to let nature's, you got to let nature take its course, as Dr. Kim says. And uh, that's, that's the truth. It really is. Now, another uh, quick story. Uh, winter eagle watching in Kentucky has been drawing tourists like crazy for the last few years. And this is out of uh, Aurora, Kentucky. Okay. They have bald eagles there um, near Henderson. This happens in southwestern Kentucky at uh, in Kentucky Lake in that region. And the population of bald eagles soar, to coin a phrase, pardon the pun, <laughs> during this time of year, January, February, 
uh, and the tourists come from all around to see this, okay? There are a lot of great restaurants, a lot of tourist attractions, um, Kentucky Dam Village, uh, Lake Barkley, Ken Lake State Resort Parks. This is a great outing for the whole family to go and see a bald eagle. Have you ever seen a bald eagle that wasn't in the zoo? It was in the wild. I saw one one time when I was in Florida at Cape Kennedy watching. Uh, we were there for the tour. You know, you do the tour uh, at Cape Kennedy near Daytona. And uh, that was interesting. It was really neat to see a bald eagle out in the wild. So I recommend this. I think this would be an outstanding uh, excursion for the entire family. So... Catch us at mbbradio.com, and we'll see you next time.